This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Stay off the weed, Evan. Stay off it. It's you not good. What said. It's say. not good for you. Wait, let Small sing her no, St. Louis okay. stuff. Man, St. Louis was on top of the world when this was released. Let me tell you. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Yeah, Brian Winhorst joined us earlier. You can go back on the ESPN app on the podcast where, you're, again, you'll hear Small singing Nelly without Nelly in the background, which is just great. Um, That's phenomenal. And Wendy says what I've been saying. that okay, you can rag on Miami right now and rag on the fact that they were not in it to get him, Dame Lillard I'm talking about. But at the end, they'll be there like everybody else um, is – Going to experience every year. I mean, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals two of the last four years. I'm sorry, three of the last four years. Yeah. NBA Finals two of the last four. They have three championships since 06. They have the best coach in the NBA, and I know neither of you are arguing that with Eric Spolstra. They have two Hall of Fame, well, one guaranteed Hall of Fame player in Butler and a potential another one in, in Bam. Mm-hmm. I also thought Jimmy, um, sorry, Wendy said something interesting, saying that the Bucks gave up one Hall of Fame player for an uber Hall of Fame player. Sure. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at Drew Holiday as being a great player. I don't think I've ever thought about Drew Holiday in Hall of Fame, and that may be more that the Hall of Fame is a little bit more lenient than it's been in years past. Obviously, you have guys in there that you're like, really? Um, but I think that Holiday as a Hall of Famer is so interesting, and now there's another sweepstakes is where a week before training camp begins here with Drew Holiday. But again, at its core, this is a phenomenal move for the Milwaukee Bucks. If you have an opportunity to go and get Dame Lillard, you got to do it. You got to swing. They did, and you didn't have to give up Giannis. You didn't have to give up Middleton, and you didn't have to give up Lopez. Yeah, but I mean, again, I think they had to make this decision because of the ultimatum that Giannis gave him this offseason when he said, I don't know if I can be the best version of myself if everybody else in the organization isn't willing to do whatever it takes to win a championship, if that means spending time away from your family, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I get that. I understand why they pushed all their chips to the table. The thing that I look at now is where did the Miami Heat go from here? Because you're talking about them being in the conference finals three of the last four years. But, I mean, if I ask you what are the teams in the Eastern Conference that can beat the Denver Nuggets, nobody is going to say the Miami Heat, especially after we saw in the NBA Finals that they got boat raced in a gentleman's sweep. And you shouldn't. No, exactly. So I think with that's, that team, with that matchup but, specifically. But, yeah. but, but, but that's the point, though. That's the team that you're measuring yourself against, which is why it makes sense for the Bucks to make this move, which is why it makes sense. So then do you think the Bucks could beat the Nuggets? I put them in a seven-game yes. series right now. Yes, I think the Bucks can beat the, beat the Nuggets. I think if the Celtics get Drew Holiday, they can beat the Bucks and beat the Nuggets. Like, there, there are certain teams that I say it's realistic to have title aspirations. It's a handful of them around the league. You're talking about four or five and maybe a possible six, depending on what happens with Drew and if my Lakers can get him. I'm holding out hope. Even I don't though see how. Even though it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. All I'm simply saying is this. When you look at the list of the teams, the Bucks, the Warriors, the Suns, the Celtics, like, the, those are the teams that can actually get it done and actually push the Nuggets if they were to get to a conference finals or an NBA final. So, again, it's a great move for the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's not a move that doesn't come along with risk because you are talking about a player that's 33 years old that's missed a whole lot of games. I think he's played in 87 of a possible 164 games in the last two years. And he's got a ton of money left on a four-year deal. He's got over $215 million. I just want to add one thing on this. The Blazers have shut him down. So there's parts of this that he has less games played 
than he would have if they just let him play. But it's still it's still a guy that is in his 30s. Well, two years ago, they didn't shut him down. Correct. He was hurt. Right. But I'm saying last year, they shut him down. So there's there's a little bit of a gray area with that. But I I get what you're saying. Players don't get healthier as they get older. Right. And he's a player that has an in, in, in a checkered pass, a checkered pass when it comes to injuries. Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm concerned with. I, I think that, and that's, that's the risk that's associated with it. So all I'm simply saying is this. If it doesn't work out for whatever reason in Milwaukee, whether it's injury to Dame or Giannis, or whether the team just isn't good enough, they don't gel, if it's the rookie head coach, then all of a sudden all eyes are going to turn on the decision that Giannis has to make next summer when the Bucks are going to ask him to extend, and he has to decide whether he wants to do that or be traded elsewhere. I want to understand this part of this, because this happens in every walk of life when things get personal. Right. So I'm not saying that Miami had the best offer. Right. I'm saying that it felt personal between the two organizations and specifically from Portland to Miami. How common is it? Like, were you ever a free agent and you said, I will not sign with that team because I just do not like that coach or I do not like that player that's on the team? Does it get that personal within the business? Not from the player's standpoint, it doesn't. Now, I know front offices, coaches, GMs, they can be petty. Even owners can be petty. Remember Tillman Fertitta? He was petty when he was with the Rockets and Daryl Morey had just been fired and he ends up being the GM for the Sixers, wants to get James Harden. They're saying no way in hell something like that is going to happen. Now, James Harden ultimately ended up there with a stop with the Brooklyn Nets. But again, owners can be that way. GMs can be that way. Sometimes head coaches can be that way. Players ain't that way. So there was Play, never a player, guy that you said, players, I, I don't want to put just want listen, the money? As long, as long as there's the best deal on the table, yeah. I mean, if it presents the best financial opportunity or it presents the best opportunity to win, then that's where the player is going to go. And that's how Dame has to look at that. Even though he's not going to his preferred destination, the Milwaukee Bucks seem like a great destination to try to ring chase because you are talking about a top two player in the world in Giannis, and he might not be two. Yeah, I've heard stories certainly about front offices holding a grudge against this player or not wanting to give him what he wants. So I think that that is, I don't think it's common, but I think it definitely happens. But as far as Dame is concerned, I wonder how he's feeling about this. I know publicly he's very excited, but he was all in on going to Miami very publicly and didn't get what he wanted. Now, ultimately, he's getting part of what he wanted and an opportunity to win a championship. Mm -hmm. He was loyal to Portland for a really long time. They didn't get it done. He finally said it's time for him to go somewhere and get a true shot at winning. And he has that and then some with Giannis in Milwaukee. But it's still not exactly what he wanted and still not exactly where he wanted to go. So I'm interested deep down how he's feeling about this. I just don't understand why Portland would treat him that way, though. Like, this guy has been loyal to this franchise in terms of, you know, giving them everything he's had while you're talking about organizational failure after organizational failure and trying to put the pieces around him. That'll allow him to compete at a really high level. He's not not asking out because of something that he did wrong. He's asking out because the franchise has mismanaged the team around him in his 11-year career in Portland. So I don't understand why you would spite him by not trading him to his preferred destination. That's the part that doesn't sit well with me. And I get that the NBA governors are trying to claw back power from the players. And this is just the latest example of that. But it just still doesn't feel right for a guy that's been down solid for you for so long. But it's a business. 
They've got to do ultimately what's best for them. I know that they have respect for him. I know that they they put him on a certain pedestal in Portland, and you want to do right for him. But you can't do it at the expense of what's best for your organization. Agreed. But but I think I agree with CeCe and what he's saying, Smalls, is because what you're saying is right. It is a business. Portland had a right to trade him wherever they wanted to trade him. It is in their best interest to get the most for their organization moving forward. I don't think anyone's sitting here today saying, oh, my God, what a return that Portland got. Like, that's nice. And and we'll wait and see what happens with Drew Holiday. I think what's standing out here is what this business has become. And that is where the most important, powerful person on an NBA team and in sports teams in general is not the employer. It's the employee. We are used to the employee having more power than the employer. For example, the Hunt family owns the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay? Who's the most powerful person in that organization? Patrick Mahomes. Right. He's an employee, not the employer. And so we've gotten used to that, that the way in which the business works in sports is that employees have more power than employers. And especially when you have somebody that would be deemed, a, as CeCe says, a sports character person like Dame Lillard, who has done nothing wrong, who has not complained about all the horrible moves that Portland has made over the course of time, that he's the one guy that all of a sudden is told, sorry, we're going to do what's right for our organization, which is completely their right. It's just not similar to what we saw in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant or James Harden or Kyrie Irving or what we saw in Minnesota with Jimmy Butler or what we've seen all throughout sports, specifically in the NBA, where the employee has a more, empower, more power than the employer. This is now the one example where the employer that has the right to take the power actually took the power. And it's amazing that this is the guy that has that happen to him. Look at James Harden in Houston. He put on a damn fat suit in order to get out of there. Ben Simmons in Philadelphia has refused to play for the has team. Has a phone in his pocket during practice that because of the fact that Dame Lillard acted like a perfect citizen, he did not actually get what he ultimately wanted. And I do think that Portland was very calculated here. They were very calculated in saying, number one, we want to get the most value for us. Number two, we want Dame to be screwed. And number three, we don't want him to complain. Because how could he come out today and say, I don't want to be with Giannis? That is, that's going to make him look bad. If they traded him to Toronto, and this is nothing about the organization, it's just about the current team, he'd have a right to complain, I guess. This just looks different than the business we're used to in sports. It does. But let's drill in on number two. Why do you think that they would want him to get screwed? Because he wants to leave? Yes. No, I yeah. think it's the fashion that he did it. It's it's the way that he did it. He let it be known this offseason through his agent, through other channels, that he was not going to play for anybody else except for the Miami Heat. And that's why I say there's this underlying agenda and what the Portland Trailblazers did in terms of making sure that the players understand that they can't always dictate to the teams what they do. This is an example of you wanting to go somewhere and you can't dictate to us that we trade you there. We're going to send you somewhere where you can't complain because you're going to be signing up to play for you know a top two player in the world. And, and Giannis might still be the best player in the world. But regardless of the fact, you can't complain going to a team that has championship aspirations that exactly are realistic right. when that's the reason why you said you wanted out in the first place. You wanted to go enhance your resume, have a chance to compete at the highest level of the sport. We've given you that. We just didn't give you that in your preferred destination. Correct. But they started this. When they decided to draft Scoot, they made their intentions clear. We're not going to give you what you want in building around you. Which is to trade that pick. Correct. Yep, we true. are going to move in a younger direction. 
And then he responded to their action. I know he was very public about where he wanted to go, and they didn't ultimately give it to him. But if Miami had an offer that was going to knock their socks off, do you think they would be playing this ego game with Dame saying, well, you're doing all of this stuff behind our back, and you're making it very public about where you wanted to go? If Miami had an offer that they could not refuse, they would have taken it. It wouldn't have been about this ego thing. Do you think that DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl in a first-round pick was this offer that San Antonio couldn't refuse for Kawhi? Go look at the return that Houston got in terms of the players for James Harden. Now they yeah. got picks. So that's the thing. You're right, but there are examples of actually worse offers over the course of time that teams got and made these deals because they made sure that the employer employee was more powerful than the employer. Yes, but in this specific circumstance, I don't know how they could in good faith take that mentality. Yeah, maybe they're upset with the manner in which he went about it and his team, but they're the ones that didn't build enough around him for him to win. To your point, he was the most loyal soldier that they could have ever asked for. Yeah, and I He think- did everything right, and they decided to go in a different direction. They cannot be mad at his reaction to their decision. And Ev, to Smalls' point, the examples that you're talking about when teams took lesser returns for trading for players, those are franchises that can get people to want to sign up and play for them. Those are franchises that players would want to be traded to or want to sign in free agency. The Portland Trailblazers ain't that. They, they don't get volunteers. They got to take hostages. Understand. And, and so I think this is a situation now where they got the best of both worlds in terms of a young player that they can hold <laughs> hostage in DeAndre Ayton, and they got an unprotected 2029 first-round pick from the Bucks, which figures to be a good pick, and then they got a couple of pick swaps, and we'll see what happens with the Drew Holiday of it all. But I think it's a very different thing for the Blazers in terms of the return that they had to get for Dame just because they don't really have a lot of other avenues to build a team that's capable of competing in the West. Understood. I just think that when we look back at this trade 24 hours ago or whatever it was, I don't think we can say this was just a basketball trade. I think there was an ounce of spite with Portland here, which is not really how it's supposed to go. Now, maybe you could say, hey, that's real life. That's human emotion playing into it. But when you get to that level as a general manager, I don't think you can have the spite towards the player as much as it just what makes our organization better. Yeah, you have to be emotionless. Right. And I don't believe, I do not believe, I don't believe that in this case, the Portland Trailblazers were, as you said, Smalls, emotionless in their actions. Coming up, did the governors get any power back from the players in this? We talk about player empowerment all the time. Is it now starting to shift? We'll get into that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Sirius XM80, ESPNU, ESPN app, all of our great stations across the country. You know, there's one part of this Dame deal before we get into the um, real life kind of 
interesting conversation about employers, employees, mm. and just the evolution of that in sports and in life, et cetera. We haven't really talked much about the Suns. I know. It's like, oh, yeah, Kevin Durant made a big move here. Devin <laughs> Booker made a big move here. We kind of got lost in this because so much focus was on Miami v. Portland for the last however many months, right, since the finals, really. And now it's, well, oh, yeah, Milwaukee got him. Oh, by the way, the team that has Kevin Durant and Devin Booker that also acquired Bradley Beal, they were in this deal, too. The weird part about it is like we the, forgot about the Phoenix Suns facilitated Damian Lillard going to a title contender when they have championship aspirations of their own. Yeah, you don't see that a lot. Like, you just don't. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, like, it's just like, why, it's like why, why are you – like, if you just got Bradley Beal. We recognize that you didn't have a lot of depth in the playoffs last year, and that was ultimately your undoing because D-Book and KD logged heavy minutes. But, like, they literally facilitated – the Milwaukee Bucks getting a top 10 player in the league when they're trying to get to the NBA Finals through the Denver Nuggets and win a title. And that is wild to me. So what they did in its simplest form with the Suns here is they took a guy in DeAndre Ayton that just standalone has more upside talent than any of the guys that they acquired, but they rightfully looked at their team and said, who is the best fit alongside Durant, Beal, and Booker, and do we have that person? And obviously, they did not feel that way. Now, I still think there are some missing pieces here, but they took the one part in in Aiton and then flipped him into multiple parts. Nurkic is a, a center who's going to be defensive-minded, offensive rebounding, etc. Yep. Sierra Little is a defensive-minded wing, still a young player and a good contract. Grayson Allen is a combo guard who will come off the bench for them. I think they needed more of a true point guard. But do you look at anything, either of you look at any of the Phoenix moves yesterday and say, okay, their chance for a title increased yesterday? Yeah, I mean, they've got more depth now. Mm-hmm. So I give them credit for that. I mean, Keon Johnson and Nasir Little, those are guys that can help them in terms of being wing defenders. Grayson Allen, that same ilk. And then Yusef Nurkic is a big body who can, you know, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, stay out the way in terms of what they're doing offensively and then defensively, a big body that you can throw on Giannis. Remember, I mean, not Giannis, on Jokic. Remember, those dudes were teammates. So, I mean, this is a situation now where you feel a lot better about the team that they were able to fill in around the big three that's now out there in Phoenix. So, I, I like what they did. I still feel like there could be a situation where they regret what they did because there is a real possibility that they get to the NBA Finals and they got to deal with Giannis and Dame in the Milwaukee Bucks. So you think that they could be in a problem of their own making moving forward? Yeah. I mean, but listen, that's a good problem to have. That's first first class problems to have because now you can look at it and say, yeah, that's going to be a long series between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns should they match up in the Western Conference Finals. Like before, Phoenix ain't have a chance to be able to match up with how complete the Denver Nuggets are. Now I feel like they got a ticket to the dance by being able to fill in the rest of the pieces around their big three. Yeah, I I think there's an argument to be that, but to be made for that. I think when we look back at this trade and we say, okay, would that team regret what they did? I think there's definitely a spin on Phoenix regretting it at some point. There's definitely a spin on Portland regretting it. I don't think there's going to be a spin on Milwaukee regretting it. That doesn't mean it wow. works out. It doesn't so mean either. it 100% works out. It just means how do you not take this swing? Now, let's go back to the deeper real-life conversation. Average everyday person goes to work right now. And she or he is going to work and they're showing up at work as an employee and they understand that their boss has more or the owner of the business has more power than they do. They, they, can, they are dictated to in some ways what happens. In sports, it has evolved differently. I think in basketball specifically, I look over at CeCe thinking about you playing for the Cowboys and I think, well, 
Jerry Jones has got all the power in the world there and can do whatever he wants. Even if Dak says something or Mike McCarthy says something, it's not going to be a oh, – well, you're shaking your head. What? No, nah, because I don't think that Jerry Jones can say whatever he wants when it comes to Dak Prescott. That's a different dynamic, not here or there. I, I feel like NFL quarterbacks are the closest thing we see in terms of the power dynamic being different in football as opposed to – what we see in the NBA. Like, the NFL quarterback is more closely related to the NBA superstar. Like, the, the mo- most of the guys on an NFL roster, they don't wield the power. Right. They, they submit to the authoritative figures within the organization, the coach, the GM, the ownership. NFL quarterback ain't got to worry about that because those guys are the marquee, and the NFL owners have built the game around mm-hmm. promoting the quarterbacks in their overall production. So that's why a guy like Dak Prescott can walk into Jerry Jones's office and say, yeah, I got a $60 million cap hit in 2024. You're going to give me $55, $56, 57000000 million a year, not because you want to, but because you have to, because you have no other option. And so when we start talking about these conversations about employee-employer dynamics, I think we also have to have the conversation about value over replacement because it's not easy to find those upper echelon quarterbacks, just like it's not easy to find the NBA superstar that can change the fortunes of your franchise. And that's why in this situation with Portland, it's unique because we don't usually see so the why do organization. We think we we why don't, do we think we did on this one? Why I, is this I, the one? The, 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 I, and I I'm did, not suggesting they're I go wrong. Back, I go back to the process. I, I go back to them making it a very public thing that Dame wanted out and he only wanted to go to so, one team. So, so because I'm not, he was honest? Well, because, I mean, because, because, because he's honest, but again, I don't think this is the Portland Trailblazers operating in a silo. I think this is the NBA governors thinking about the precedent that we're setting moving forward. Again, look at some of the things that they've done over the past you know year or so. Remember what, what happened with the NBA accolades, the awards? Oh, yeah, now we're going to have a 65-game minimum to cut down on this load management players deciding to sit out regular season games. Why? Because it's bad for our business with our television partners. The NBA governors are trying to claw back some modicum of control, yeah. mm-hmm. and this is just the latest example of it. But I don't know if we're going to see it like this moving forward. This might I be agree. The, this might be the outlier, though, just because they were able to find what is seemingly on the surface today in the immediacy of this, a perfect fit for almost every aspect of this. Maybe not the Miami Heat, but... Dame got what he ultimately wanted, maybe not in Miami, but he went to a contender. They yep. couldn't be mad at that. And they were able to find different dance partners and move the chess pieces around to satisfy all of their needs. I don't know if moving forward when the next superstar in the NBA wants out and makes a big stink about this, if the pieces are going to be able to be in alignment like this. Here's the thing with that, Smalls. Everything you're saying is fair. But if I'm running the Players Association and I'm meeting with my top players – And we're talking about the idea that, in essence, every year NBA players are free agents even if they're under contract because many of them are asking out. I am now, unfortunately for Dame, using the Dame example as my example. If you are under contract and you feel like you've been loyal and communicative to an organization and you want to go somewhere else, here's what you cannot do. You cannot be direct and honest with the organization. He told them exactly where he wanted to go, how he wanted to go there. He was truthful. He was honest. You cannot be silent. You cannot be cooperative. You cannot come to the facility and practice in the meantime and not throw a stink. You can't, unfortunately, you have to be a baby. <laughs> That's the message that they're sending. If I'm in charge That's of the, the NBPA, that they're sending. NBA, NBPA, I am telling my players, unfortunately, Dame Lillard's, again, CC's phrase, sports character worked against him. If you are under contract and you have decided you would like to work for a different one of our businesses in this league, a team doesn't have to abide by it. But if you want to go somewhere else, his behavior, perfect. 
honest, direct is not how you get there. Canny or Canty, next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Kenny? Kenny? Oh, oh Kenny. This is not hard-hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. It's not hard-hitting <laughs> analog. <laughs> that's great. That's it is so unsportsmanlike like on ESPN It's almost radio. as good as the NFL music that's playing. It's so good. It's almost always as good hits. as that. It's 10 of 10. It always does, I'm getting man. sick of it. Uh, that's a new it. problem because we're going to keep playing it. Why are you Presented by Progressive it? Insurance. You're starting to act like Pat Costello now, our producer. It's because we're getting closer starting to, to Pat's sick of everything. You know what it is because they didn't get Dame. Because the Miami Heat didn't get Dame. He's just bitter today. You know what? Oh. We haven't really done a full wellness check on Evan on no. how he's feeling today. I know he's trying to be positive Pete over there and say that the Heat are going to go farther than uh, the Bucks in the right. postseason. You want to do a wellness check? I'll do it. Because I'm at the point now where I don't care. His, <laughs> pa- his pain is our entertainment. So let's have fun. Let's enjoy it. Pain and Gain. There you go. That movie with The Rock, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Very good movie. Nobody would ever confuse you with the two of them. I wasn't saying I was like the two of them. That movie is so crazy. Pain and Gain, whatever it is. Never heard of it. At one point during the course of the movie, they stop the movie and on the screen, they have to write, this is still real. Listen, you know what? Seriously. You know what? Stop interrupting my segment. We got football music. We never all, even started it. You, you got football. The football music started. That means the segment has started. Can, can, we, or can we get Thursday to some football? football between the Lions and the Packers. We'll do over and under prop bets here. Jordan Love passing yards, 229.5. I'm saying over easy. The only thing that I would give a caveat to is whether or not that Detroit Lions pass rush is going to be able to get to Jordan Love, but he's gone over that total two of the three games that he started. The comeback win last week against the New Orleans Saints, you're talking about a top five defense, I mean top ten defense in yards and points. Jordan Love built confidence not only in himself, but with his relationship, his rapport with Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. I think that only grows in this matchup against that Lions secondary. 
All right, Jared Goff over under 256 and a half yards. I'm going to go passing. under that one. I, I think that, you know, Taylor Deckard being out is going to be a thing in terms of Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary being able to affect Jared Goff. I think they're going to lean on their run game and Jameer Gibbs, a heavy dose of him. And again, uh, your boy Laporta had a big week last year, the rookie tight end. I don't think the Packers defense is letting it go down that way this weekend. So I'm going to say Jared Goff's numbers are down a little bit in terms of overall yardage. All right, total passing touchdowns for tonight. Jordan Love over under one and a half. Over, man. I'm bullish on Jordan Love tonight. I think he has a big night. It's a primetime game in a short week. But again, the confidence, the good feels off of the 17-point comeback that they had against the New Orleans Saints is going to bleed over. Sometimes as an athlete, you, you, you feel like you need a little bit longer to prepare. Other times, you can't wait for the next game to come because you feel great about where your game overall is. I think this game is going to be the latter for Jordan Love, so over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns. Jared Goff, one-and-a-half over-under touchdowns. I'm going under. Passing. I'm going under. Uh, I'm going under. Again, I think this is a game that the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, they're going to try to shorten, and that means a lot of rushing attempts. I'm thinking 30, 35 rushing attempts from the Detroit Lions if they're able to keep it a one-possession game. So, yeah, Jared Goff's numbers overall, passing yardage and touchdowns thrown is going to be down under one-and-a-half passing touchdowns. Amon Ross St. Brown over-under 74-and-a-half receiving yards. I'm actually going to go over, and because I think the defense from the Packers is going to pay so much attention to the run game and so much attention to slowing down Sam Laporta, they're going to forget about the best player on that offense, which is Amon Ross St. Brown. I I think he does have a night tonight where he puts up some yardage in a losing effort, albeit, but I think Amon Ross St. Brown plays well. You mentioned Jaden Reed, the Packers receiver who had a bad drop, bad drops early, great catch late. Uh, in the last game, 37 and a half passing yards, over under. I mean, the, yards. the last thing that we remember as fans is going to be the last thing that Jaden Reed remembers about that game last week, which is the great catch late. And I think he's going to build off of that performance. Again, confidence comes from demonstrated performance. If the guy's more confident, Better chances that he's going to have good production. I think he easily goes over 37 and a half receiving yards. All right, let's talk about receptions. Amon Ross St. Brown, six and a half. Over Over six and a half receptions for Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, this guy gets busy. He was over a country catches easy last year. I see the same thing for him tonight. A big night for him albeit in a losing effort. And then Romeo Dobbs for the Packers, three and a half, over under. I can't believe it's at three and a half. I'm going over on this one. I, I, I just am. The back shoulder throw to Romeo Dobbs in that game against the Saints, like that's just proof that him and the quarterback are on the same page. I think he's going to target him early and often. Can he or can't he over unders prop bets for Thursday Night Football? A good one tonight. At least we're hoping it's a good one tonight between Green Bay and Detroit. You want a wellness check? I'm going to give you a wellness check. Okay. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> I'm ready for you. So basically, it's this. As a Miami Heat fan, am I happy that Dame Lillard is not on their team? No, of course not. Did I want Dame Lillard on the Miami Heat? Yes. Do I think he fits perfectly with the Miami Heat? Absolutely. I also understand why the Milwaukee Bucks went out there and got him. I also understand why he'd be happy with the Milwaukee Bucks. But my wellness check that you want today, it's not about the lack of an acquisition of Dame Lillard. That's not what it is. It's about the ignoring of this franchise's success over the course of the last 15 to 20 years. The fact that they have been to the finals countless times. The fact that they've won three championships. The fact that they went out there and drafted Dwayne Wade and acquired by trade Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh, and Jimmy Butler. They drafted Bam Adebayo. I understand why people today would write them off. 
Be my guest. I get it. It's understandable. It hurts. They swung and missed on Dame Lillard, and they missed in a huge way. They missed Carlos Beltran, Adam Wainwright-style 2006 NLCS (laughs) Mets and Cards. That's how badly they missed, okay? But the reality is doubt them at your own risk. Okay, because this is a franchise that you should trust. This is a franchise that you should believe in. And I absolutely believe in Pat Riley. I absolutely believe in Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And I have no reason to think just because they're down now that they're out. You want to count them out? Be my guest. Because in June, they will be there. That is not to say that Milwaukee won't be there with them in an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Or maybe Boston. Or maybe if Philadelphia rids themselves of James Harden. But doubt them at your own risk. Because as Petty says, we won't back down. And you know what, Canty? You should be going to Vivid Seats right now and buying some tickets to go to Heat Games and buy them in May and June. That's what you should be doing right now, CeCe. Smalls, how do I even follow up that rant? Just let him have it. He needs to work out his emotions today. I think he's in a glass case of emotion. Yeah, He's he, trying to drink that positive Kool-Aid, but yeah. I don't know how he could feel great about it considering he's been toting around a Udonis Haslam Heat jersey yeah. for weeks in anticipation of Damian Lillard joining Miami. See, I thought if I had a Cardinal slip in, I'd get you on my side. Clearly it didn't work. She's because you know it. what? In addition to heat culture and an organization that always figures it out, guess who was always like that too? The St. Louis Cardinals. And guess where they are this season? When they didn't go out and acquire the talent that was needed in mm-hmm. order to keep them competitive. Preach. They're in the basement of the NL Central. Yeah. They're going to be watching the playoffs on the couch, just like us three. Sometimes in the basement, you put the biggest TV, you could spill the snacks all over the place, and it doesn't matter, and you're still the most comfortable and have the most fun in the basement. Not a place you want to be. Not a place you want to be. In a hot take, I think the Miami Heat revert back to what we saw more in the regular season last year and less of what we saw in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That window... Getting closed right now. Are we closing the shutters? It's getting, getting closed right now. It's getting closed right now. There are no windows it's, in the basement. Usually, it's getting, that's it's getting, the problem. It's getting, you know, there's a lot of Florida glass windows in a lot of the places that live down in South Beach. I'm just saying, all of them shades are starting to come down. Them windows starting to get closed. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is a dentist office song. You think so? Yeah. Like like yacht rock style, like sailing. A hundred percent. They're yeah. working on they're doing the flossing and you're hearing this over yeah. the loudspeakers. You're like, Yeah, what a bomb. Dane being traded to the Bucks is like pulling Evan's teeth. Ooh. Something close to that. Ooh. 
Something like that. Now I just made sure I clean my teeth just <laughs> with my tongue there. It is unsportsmanlike here on Something ESPN like Radio, that. brought to you by Progressive Insurance, <laughs> along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, with you. All right, each and every day, Pat Costello, our producer, tells us what he's over, which is a lot. Like, a I, lot. I think at some point he's going to maybe get tired of this because he's going to have this moment of realization of, like, I'm over literally everything. Let's hear what he's over today, Pat. What are you over? Well, in the short term, I'm already over Ronald Acuna and all the celebration about his oh. fake 40 home runs, 70 stolen base club. It's, a, it's an arbitrary the accomplishment. Ba- the bases are huge now. <laughs> I, it's just an arbitrary accomplishment. Like, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's a club now, I guess. Like, 40 home runs, 70 stolen bases. What a club. I mean, Kyle Schwarber had 100 RBIs and hit under 200. What a club. Like, we're, we can just throw any numbers in there, and it's a club, I guess. So, Good job, Ronald Acuna. No, That's very cool, but no, it's, it's no, random and no. arbitrary. You cannot take. First of all, it's not arbitrary because it's numerical. It's Secondly, completely arbitrary. Well, but it's also you. You brought up with Schwarber that a low average, which is not cared about anymore in baseball, would be a negative stat, which it is to some extent, compared to two positive stats. Right? You. I mean, so one hundred RBIs. Right, 100 RBI would be a positive stat. Under 200, even though it's not cared about as much, is a negative stat. In the case of Ronald Acuna Jr., 40 home runs. Positive, 70 stolen bases. Positive. You, it's oh, it's our, it's, over that. It's like, the club itself is just like, we're just going to put two numbers together. He's and it's the only a, one I, I in the club. But see, here's the thing. I was with you, Pat, if you wanted to make the case with the bases thing, because that's something that doesn't match up or stack up historically in the game. And baseball is such an, uh, a loyalist sport when it comes to the numbers. Big time. But you just lost me with that. Now. It's not arbitrary when it's empirical. I'm a thousand percent with Evan on that one. No, and it's this arbitrary a, just because you're picking two stats and putting them together and saying it's a club. No, it's not. It was a so web for forever. It was the forty. 40 club that was supposed to be considered elite Correct. if you were capable of doing it this dude just went 40 70 40 70 yeah, it's not it's not something that we just made up specific for ronald lacuna it's outrageous i understand what pat's saying so but it's it the does, club it, no it's like okay so how many guys are in the 40 homer 20 put outs on defense club right? that's it's what not i'm like, saying right it's he's just... saying 40 40 30 30 20 20 i get it but it is so astronomical numerically in terms of the 40-70 club. We have now said, basically, this is a stat, this is a combo package that we have never seen in this sport. I mean, he's the best player on a team that, that, that he's has arguably the, the best, best record. Team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what else are you over? I'm over having to call Twitter X now. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's, it's a does terrible name. Do it? Does anyone do it? No, no one, one does it. Everyone X. still calls it Twitter. It's a terrible name. I don't know what to call a tweet anymore. Is it an X? What do we call it? I say tweet. It's so stupid. I say tweet. I say tweet. I say Twitter. But I'm sick of the changes. It's not a website I particularly enjoy anyway. I try to avoid it. It's not the nicest of places. But I'm sick of having to keep up with all the changes every day. Yeah, I've never called it X, I don't think. I'm going to send out an X. Exactly. Send out an X to your X? That would be weird. All I'm your exes the, live in Texas? All my, ex, all my exes live on X. Gonna sub X somebody, I guess? I don't know. Sub X? Sub X. No, but Is that like, Canty sub like X? Sounds like a wrestling move, a sub X. But it's it because like of a suplex. Oh my gosh, never mind. When we're going to read. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. A sub X? A sub X. Okay. And the Dr. Pepper Chimes. Smalls took it to an interesting I'm place. Just saying, what else you over? Sub X. What else you over, Pat? All right, this is the last one. And, it's the uh, last one. Strap in for this one, Evan. Oh. 
I'm over the term heat culture so much. It's insane. I do not need to hear the term heat culture ever again. Currently, heat culture, the, heat currently, culture, heat culture, heat culture. Oh currently, the, oh <laughs> currently heat culture is a culture of losing championships, I guess. And we're like saying it's this amazing thing. You haven't won anything uh, since, what was it, 10 years ago? The, what's the culture? A losing culture? Cool. Heat fans are basically just Boston fans now, but they're more annoying. I mean, you can't be this more ridiculous. More annoying than Boston? You wow. can't be this ridiculous. They took a team with seven undrafted free agents to the finals this year. Cool and lost and got waxed by the Nuggets. Yeah. Great point by Pat. Yeah, Great okay, point. Okay, so if we're going to go Great tit for point. tat on this, which I don't like doing, um, let's walk through all of Joel Embiid's Eastern Conference Championship appearance. All right, now we're, we're done with that. Wow. Uh, so now, uh, yeah, and we don't bang, call it bang. Embiid culture. No, but the that's reality a, is the retort. Heat don't necessarily call it heat culture. It's the fans that call it that. The heat – when have you heard Pat Riley refer to heat culture? Fans do, and the marketing department does. It's not, it's not the organization that does. But it's also if a very real If it's the marketing department, it quite literally is no, the organization. No, but I'm saying it's not the basketball side of it. <laughs> they have offices there. It's, not, it's right. not the basketball side. They have a key card. You know what I'm so what would be a better way of describing what this franchise has done that basically no other franchise has done? Oh, uh, losing. <laughs> when they have three championships <laughs> in 2006, and they've been to the finals four, five, uh, seven times since 2006. Yeah, with the second greatest player to have ever played the sport. Well, and he <laughs> the was in four of them. Well, then he's the biggest. Based on Pat's logic, he's the biggest loser there is. Wow. He's he's four and six in the finals. Is he not? Well, I'm not. Yeah, but I'm we not weren't calling it heat culture when it was LeBron. We're calling it heat culture now with this Jimmy Butler. Current regime. Absolutely, we're calling it that. No, but it wasn't like as. A, it, it's a thing now. Heat culture is right. a thing I, now that I people get talk about. I get and how you don't like it. It's ridiculous. I get it. And by the way, the guy who's on our screen right now is going to be on with Greeny at 11 a.m. Eastern today. The Mavs governor, Mark Cuban, he doesn't like it either. He's a noted heat hater also. That's okay. What does Small say? You said the other day, if you, ain't, you hate us because you ain't us. You hate us because you ain't yeah. us. Yeah, and I think there's. You know, they're not for everyone. They admit that. They own that. You played for a head coach in Bill Parcells is not for everyone. There is a badge of honor for you, I believe, CeCe, that you could say, I played for Parcells and he didn't get rid of me. Right? There is that badge of honor. I think the players around the league look at it as, I hung with the Miami Heat in that organization for X amount of years. I hung with the San Antonio Spurs. I hung with the St. Louis Cardinals for X amount of years. There is a badge of honor to that that I think people within the sport, forget the fans for a second, like people, dopes like me. I'm Mm -hmm. saying people look at it and say there is something to that. Jimmy Butler more upset today about not getting Dame or having to pay 150 bucks to fill up his 150 Bugatti. 150 bucks because based on what Brian Windhorst <laughs> told us, based on what Brian Windhorst told us, gas prices for this Bugatti, boy, I tell you. I mean, Imagine the disconnect said, with reality that you're complaining about the gas prices for your Bugatti. Yeah. He's a troll. He's doing it on purpose. But based mm. on what Wendy told us, and people go back on the ESPN app and listen to the podcast. We over blew this whole thing. This was not a thing, Miami and Dame. They hadn't spoken for three months. It's like if you're Well, no, hold on, wait a minute now. Pat Riley and Eric Spolster wanted Damian Lillard. No doubt. They wanted no doubt. and Damian Lillard wanted them. So it's no not doubt. overblowing it when the two sides want each other. They just gotta find a way to do the dance with Portland. And Portland wasn't gonna be bullied by a star player that said he was only going to go to one place. The problem is he didn't bully them. I think that's what we've learned. They said yeah. he wasn't they I'm saying the Trailblazers said they weren't going to be bullied. Right. And that I, was the message that they sent. A hundred percent. And I think that what we've learned through this whole thing is that you need to be a bully in the NBA in order or a baby. In order yeah, to get be, what you be want. a bad, be a bad guy. Just be a bad guy. Just, but just, could you do that? Yes, I could. You could. It's my career, and it's my money. I get real personal when it's my career, my money. 
Real personal. Real personal. You, you want to see act- the ugly side of me? Cross me when it comes to my career and my money. But you could act in a way that wouldn't be true to you? You're damn right. If that means I'm going to get what I want. Listen, man, squeaky wheel gets the grease. And this is professional sports. There is a finite time that you have to capitalize on having the chance to play the game at this level. You know what I mean? All the different opportunities that come along with that. Dame Lillard knows that he has to get a ring to cement his legacy. Like right now, if we're talking about the top 30 players in the history of basketball, is Dame on that list without a ring? Probably not. He could change that if he ends up getting a title in Milwaukee. I wonder if he, he could. could cha- he could have changed that if he ended up getting a title in Miami. And the teams aren't going to do the right thing towards the players. They're always going to look out for their best interests. So why shouldn't the player do the same? Right, but I do wonder if actually he will change that if he gets a title in Milwaukee, considering, as you've said, he wouldn't be the best player on the team. Fair right? point. So Fair it's point. like, think about how we look at the Steph and KD titles. We debate those all the time. I think they both should get extreme credit for that, but sometimes we give more credit to KD, and then we get less to Steph, and then the other way at times as well, well, KD had to join them, whatever it is. I think there is something to that, that he's not on a team where he's going to be the best player, but I agree. I mean, you got to go somewhere to win if you're him at this point. But even if he was the best player on the court in Miami, it's still Jimmy Butler's team, so you can make a lot of arguments there It was Wade's team when LeBron was there, and LeBron was obviously the best player on the court, but I think the whole thing that's interesting to me today is we Get ready for Thursday Night Football and Greeny coming up next tonight. The, the most interesting thing is the fact that we are sitting here saying Dame's biggest problem, if he didn't go to where he wanted to, is he didn't act like a baby. <laughs> and he should have acted a fool in order to get to where he wanted to go to, even though he may, may win a championship. We're on to Friday. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.